Welcome to Rebirth of Bees, the podcast where I talk dirty about spiritual evolution, the self-love revolution, and how to embody the archetype of Venus, original bad bitch, every damn day. My name is Caitlin Matami, and I want to thank you so deeply for being here. Hello everyone, happy Friday. Oh, I'm a little sniffly here, so bear with me. I have such an exciting episode though. I don't know if you're feeling this energy of rebirth that is happening, but it's something I talked about earlier in the week on an Instagram live I did. Um, If you don't follow me on Instagram, be sure to hop on because I've been doing a lot more lives lately. So they're kind of almost these like little mini podcasts, like extra podcasts that happen, you know, whenever I feel like it during the week. So I was riffing on this shift into Aries season and... Um, and what that means as far as this massive rebirth we're all going through. So I have a really, I've got a bunch of ideas today to share with you on that, and I hope that they support you if you're feeling like you are doing a lot of shedding, and maybe sometimes it's a little uncomfortable because, like a snake, shedding your skin doesn't always feel great. It might not feel painful, but it might just feel uncomfortable. And I've got some really, just some tools for you to hear today and some of my own experiences of things I've been experience, I've been going through that I hope give you some perspective and make sure you realize that you're not alone. So today I'm actually partnering with Hemp Kettle Tea for this episode. So I'm a huge fan of their teas. They're actually a DC, Washington DC based tea company. Um, run by an old friend of mine and they create these unique and delicious blends of organic teas and uh, herbs, spices, and organic hemp seeds all in their teas. So I'm a huge fan of them and I'm really excited to be sharing how my experience with one of these teas was really kind of integral to this energy of shedding, this energy of shifting, this energy of all of us being pushed out of the cosmic birth canal into springtime. <laughs> so I, you know, I really rely actually a lot on, not rely, that's not the right word. I really look to nature and especially to herbs and flowers and things like that to kind of provide support for me when I'm experiencing something on the physical. I mean, I'm like an obsessive tea drinker. I'm also an obsessive coffee drinker. Uh, <laughs> but um, so for me, I use teas a lot in ritual practices. And for me, a lot of times, like I'll open my cupboard and if I know that I'm going to be sort of embarking on like a ritual practice or just I want extra support for my day, I'll choose what I imbibe as like a response to that, if that makes sense. And so often I, I mix up my own blends, just like in the pot. Like I have, you know, little lots of jars of herbs and, you know, modern witch style. And I will just you know, pick out what sort of feels right and make a blend together. Or sometimes I use pre-prepared blends, like the teas, like have kettle teas, for example. And um, if you're interested actually in checking them out, in the show notes, there's a promo code. You'll get 10% off the teas, um, as well as a free sample of your choice. So look in the show notes for all that. So anyway, I it was last Sunday, I think. Yeah, last Sunday. And I had plans with friends 
to go to the Temescal here in Mexico City. And a Temescal, if you're not familiar, is a Mayan sweat lodge, basically. So it's it's really, it's, it's not, okay, I'm calling it a sweat lodge, but it's much more complex than that. There's a very specific ritual that goes along with this, um, this experience, basically. So there's a ritual, there's a lot of ceremony, there's drumming, there's a ritualistic adding of rocks to, not the fire, but um, basically it's volcanic rocks that are like a special kind of volcanic rock that are heated and then brought in to add to the heat, if that makes sense. And that's done in a very ritualistic way. There's a very specific language around it. Anyway, so I was going with friends to the Temescal, and I was really excited because it was funny because I hadn't really processed the shift into Aries season, and I wanted to... I didn't really process it, and I wanted... But, like, I, I felt, rather, that I really, like, needed to sort of scrub my soul clean. <laughs> and I hadn't really put it all together in my head that, like, we were moving out of Pisces season, so this time of flowing, um, movement. And often, for many of us, especially, like, me, I'm an earth sign, many of us struggle in the water seasons, like Pisces season, to have direction, to feel inspired, to feel focused. Because, this is my theory at least, um, those of us with a lot of earth in our charts, we get energized by, by routines. We get energized by like accomplishing things. And that's kind of the antithesis to Pisces season. Pisces season is about like accomplishing through your creativity and letting things flow. And if that's something you struggle with, then you've probably been struggling for the past month of Pisces season. <laughs> okay, so I hadn't really felt the energetic shift too much. I was definitely feeling my energy get back up, but I felt the need to, to do some releasing, and I knew the Temescal would be a great spot for that. And so I, so what I did, I mean, that morning, so you you can't eat or you're discouraged from eating before a Temescal um, because it is a deep cleansing and detoxing, and like anything in your stomach might not it might make you nauseous or like it just might not be good so I didn't eat breakfast but I did you know I was going to prepare some herbal tea and um hemp kettle tea sent me like a bunch of teas and I was choosing which one to intuitively use and I was drawn to the holy basil trio and okay so I want to talk about holy basil actually because this is really important because a lot of times when I work with herbs, um, especially in terms of things like teas or tinctures that I that I create in my practice, I it's like I'm listening to the messages of the plants, right? And when I'm listening to the messages of the plants, it's you know it's a combination of like their medicinal use, but also like how like what they're saying to me. And like I I know about holy basil. Holy basil, if you're not familiar is an adaptogen it's used very commonly in ayurvedic medicine and well okay so an adaptogen is an herb um or a a plant that that basically adapts your, your that allows your body to adapt to its needs in the present and so most notably adaptogens both will 
relax you and allow you to, you know, have, yeah, relax you. <laughs> and they'll also, if you need it, energize you. So it's like they actually adapt to your body's needs in that moment. But so I knew that and I knew that holy basil, you know, so basically in particular, it's known to both calm and uplift the mood. So it's like, it's not like, okay, for example, coffee is not an adaptogen. Coffee only works one way, basically. <laughs> like it, it wakes you up. It can definitely elevate your mood, but it does not calm you. I mean, yes, okay, I'm sure, like, I may relax by having a cup of coffee, but, you know, you get my point. Physically, the effect on your body is not a problem there. It's a stimulant. And so, um, so I was, you know, really embodying that morning, this energy of really knowing I was, like, entering a rebirth. And... I pulled this tea out intuitively and prepared a pot of it for myself and my love. And it was funny because I was thinking, I was like, huh, what am I, why am I drawn to this for the, besides the obvious reasons? And I recognized that like, okay, I needed a sense of grounding and I needed a sense of like relaxing my system, my nervous system for this impending rebirth. And this is an idea that I actually think about a lot because I practice kundalini yoga. And a big, big part of kundalini yoga is essentially priming the nervous system for its upgrade. <laughs> you know, I know that sounds like super high tech, but it's actually really interesting because even the ancient practices of kundalini yoga have this like very high tech kind of energy to them. And a lot of contemporary teachers sort of step into that which I think is cool um and and so basically kundalini yoga is this technology for for cleansing and upgrading your energy bodies so when you it's time for you to receive blessings abundance whatever whatever your focus is you actually can handle it. your system can handle it and so okay actually you know what there's hold on there is right nearby there, okay, so Guru Jagat is a contemporary um, kundalini yoga teacher. I think she's like the youngest kundalini master in the world or something like that. Don't hold me to that, but it's something like that. Anyway, so she has a really cool perspective. Like she's in her late 30s. She's like a modern woman. I don't know. She has a really cool perspective, but she has a book that came out last year that's awesome. It's called Invincible Living. I'll, I'll write it in the show notes, or type it, rather, in the show notes. And in this, there's a passage, actually, that talks about the nervous system in Kundalini Yoga. And I'm going to read it to you. So she says, because um, she talks about what the nervous system is, what that means. I'm not going to get into that. But she says, sorry, but you hear me, like, paging through the book right now. We're just diving in today. Isn't it good? So she says, just like you can't run 200 volts of electricity through a 20-watt cable without frying the wires, if your nervous system isn't primed and strong, you can't handle huge stress waves or huge joy waves without your system totally shutting down. 
That's why so many people, so many more people than ever before are experiencing mental, emotional, and physical breakdowns. Um, if your nervous system hasn't been tempered and fortified, you will experience a short circuiting. And the level of wattage your nervous system can conduct is equal to the amount of happiness you can experience. You can't run huge prosperity waves, which are just more energy showing up as money, promotions, and expansions of all kinds through your system if it can't handle the voltage. You also can't run waves of love through your system either. Love, happiness, and wealth require strength to hold and enjoy. Oh my gosh, I think that's so, so good and so smart. And I know that intuitively you understand this. And what's interesting is she's talking about this nervous system in a very adaptogenic way. Like I was talking about holy basil, which if you're not, it's not like culinary basil. It's just a, a, a I think it's a shrub, but that is, um, it's an herb or we, what we call an herb, a plant that is, um, it's just referred to as holy basil. As far as I know, it's not related to like culinary basil, like in your pasta sauce. But anyway, I think the nervous system, it really, if it's healthy, and this is according to yogic science, like this is actually reflected in mainstream science, but like that's not my area of, ex of expertise. <laughs> so just, you know, don't, don't throw me to the wolves on that one. So the nervous system behaves in a very adaptogenic way. You know, it can handle the stress of life as well as the huge like waves of bliss and I know you've experienced this because okay for example on the stress side when just I had this actually happen to me a couple days before the Temescal where I was having like I had felt I was feeling my energy increase again after Pisces season as we shifted into Aries season which is about fire and drive and, and like pushing forward but my nervous system was like kind of wrecked and, you know, I'm not really exactly sure why, but I was waking up like in a state of panic for no good reason. And I was also waking up, waking up in a state of panic for no good reason. And I was just like in the state of stress for no good reason. I mean, yeah, I had a lot of things to do. Like, who doesn't? But I was really having trouble managing all of my tasks because of this and because of that I was like cutting myself off to the good things as well because it was like I just can't handle any more things you know so you've experienced it with the stress I'm sure but even with the good things in your life um for example you know like I just said sometimes even though good things are coming in, it's just you're feeling overwhelmed. You're like, I'm, I'm happy for all these things, but I'm also stressed. And like, I think I can't accept any more. Or for example, when things like start getting really, really good and you're in the state of expansion, a lot of us struggle with this like limiting belief that, you know, the other shoe is going to drop or, you know, that like something's going to go wrong because we don't have an energetic capacity for more and that energetic capacity feeds into our mental state as like limiting ourselves being like oh this is as good as it can get you know or things like that I mean as my mentor America American <laughs> American Airlines no <laughs> um ew 
Um, no, as my mentor, um, a mentor of mine, Amanda Francis says, the she says two things. She says there is no other shoe to drop, and who is I think she said, but I think she actually credited to someone else. I don't remember. She said the better it gets, the better it gets. You know, these are limiting beliefs, but they're a response to our nervous system really not just being able to handle what's going on. And so I knew I was going to be like in meditation in the Temescal, but I made this tea and I just like sat with it and I was really like in, in communication with the plant matter. And it's a blend. So it's like holy basil. There's three different types of holy basil and um, red raspberry leaf, rooibos, peppermint, lemongrass, hibiscus, ginger, and then the hemp seed. So, and, and this is actually relevant. I'm giving you the ingredient list for a reason. This is actually relevant to the story. This isn't just like, you know, yeah, this is relevant. So stay, hang in there with me. So what's interesting is I you know I did a little more research actually um, after the Temescal and I'll tell you about my experience there in a moment but I did some research later and it's funny because holy basil is actually considered to be the embodiment of Lakshmi who rules really the same prowess has the same ruling prowess as Venus so Lakshmi is the Hindu goddess of love, abundance, blessings, um, money, flow, cash flow, aesthetics, like that's Venus energy for sure. Um, and so I thought that was interesting. And in balancing the energies of the body, this plant clears out old stuck energy and emotions that are hindering your health and well-being. And I was like, huh, this is so interesting because this is exactly what I was like responding to when I chose it. This energy was exactly what I knew I needed. And this is why I tell people, use your intuition because, you know, I, tell, I say that with everything, like, you know, working with herbs and plants, whether it's in medicine or healing or, you know, spell casting or anything, or if it's like crystals, any of these things. Any of these tools, use your intuition because you know. And it's funny because, quick side story, um, two summers ago, I went to um, my friend Veronica Varlow's event called Witch Camp in Woodstock, New York, which is like as dope as it sounds. But her friend Contessa was there and she did like an herbal, I forget the actual like title of the workshop, but it basically was about like, um, plant medicine and one of the things she had us do was so cool we were like on the top of a mountain it was super beautiful and she had she had us all close our eyes and put something in our hands and told us to close our hands and not open not open the hands and then open the eyes it was like a plant of some kind of a plant or something and she said just pay attention to the energy that's in your palm and write a description of what you see. And it can be, you could talk about like the physical appearance or if that comes to you or like the properties, just like whatever you're getting from it, write it down. And I think they're in the 
well, I'll tell you what they were in a second. So we did this exercise, and then we all open. She's like, open your hands and see what you see. And she said it was calendula, I believe. It was a calend- they're calendula flowers. And she started talking about, like, the properties of them and things like that, like, according to, you know, like, the textbook knowledge or whatever. And what was so crazy is that I think every single person, their description matched either the plant's appearance and or its properties because we were all intuitively responding to the, the frequency, the vibration of that plant. How crazy, right? And so this is what I tell people when like, okay, sure. I mean, you don't want to like necessarily if you're like in the woods looking for, you know, foraging for plants to create potions, like you want to make sure they're not poisonous and stuff. <laughs> but, you know, if it, in terms of like looking at your teas or your jars of dried herbs or whatever and choosing what is like the blend you need in that moment, both physically and spiritually, your intuition will guide you. And so, anyway, so I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the tea. Um, it was lovely. I went to the Temescal. I sweat my ass off for two hours. Um, it was like the longest Temescal I'd ever been to. And the funny thing was is that I, um, <laughs> like halfway through, I turned to my boyfriend and I said, this is like the least hot Temescal I've ever been in. I was like, I'm not like barely sweating. It's like not that hot. It was warm, you know? And then literally like five minutes later, they come in with like, I'm not kidding you, 20 rocks to add to the pile. And it went in like five minutes. It went from being the least hot Temescal I'd ever been in to the hottest. (laughs) It was great. So it was funny because when I stepped into the Temescal, well, I didn't step in because you have to like crawl into it. And it was so because I was like wow it's really like returning to the womb this is so interesting and you know because I like I said I've been in them before but I've never had to crawl like quite this much into one they're very low like you can't stand in them um so it's normal to like you can't just like walk in there's not a door it's like a little hole kind of you grab into and I know if you're claustrophobic this like this description is sounding like hell to you it's not as bad as it sounds, but maybe if you're claustrophobic, it would be. I don't know. I'm not recommending it. Anyway, so I was like, wow, this is really like a, like returning to the womb. And what was interesting is actually there someone had a baby, which like before you get horrified with your, you know, American sensibilities <laughs> or whatever else. I know everyone, there are people from different countries listening, but it's funny because at like literally at first I was like, a baby (laughs) and then I realized that like this is part of the medicine of people forever and that like it's totally normal to be exposing people to this at a young age and in fact the reason it was it wasn't that hot for so long is because with small children they're careful to like heat the space much more slowly this is what was interesting so I thought you know I got in and I was like wow it's like returning to the womb and the, um, the, you know, there was a baby. And the baby was, like, a little fussy at first. But what was crazy is as it heated up, the baby actually not just quieted down, but was, like, happy. You could tell the baby was happy. And I realized because it, it, it is probably, like, it's like the baby remembered the comfort of the womb. 
And I thought about this again when I we finally got out of the Temescal because then it's you literally feel like it's giving you birth, you know? And or it's giving birth to you rather. Because you crawl out and you're like you've been in this really hot space, super super sweaty. It's very insular. You know, there's chanting and drumming and you know, you're being guided. But it's its own little world. It's like your new home temporarily. And it's really surreal coming out. Well, first of all, because you haven't even probably been standing up for two hours. I mean, I personally didn't leave. You can leave, but I didn't. Like, I prefer not to. Um, but so you really have to, like, crawl out. And you're, like, a little muddy then. But, and then the, the air feels so cold on your skin, even though it wasn't cold out because you're covered in sweat. And it's so refreshing. And it's also jarring. And again, I was like, wow, this is literally like I'm being given birth to. Like, I'm, I'm truly reborn here. This is so, it's just a, a really cool layer to things that I hadn't thought about before. And it made me start to think back to that morning when I had this, like, little tea ritual I'd created because... I recognized I had been, my soul had been reaching for these herbs that would calm my nervous system as I entered the rebirth. You know, there's a reason that when a baby is born, it's crying because it's literally been like pulled out of its home, thrust into this terrifying new world. And it's not that it's like mad about it or sad about it, I don't think, but it's, its nervous system is like, the fuck? <laughs> That's a, that's a quote. <laughs> At least that's my theory. And so it's funny. Well, there's so many layers to this. And I hope, I'm hoping you're enjoying this kind of tale. I'm, I'm, this yarn I'm spinning for you. Because all of these things, I mean, this is kind of how I viewed life. This is how I live my life with like all these connections and, and reading into things. And maybe some people think that's crazy, but that's just, this is how I live my life. And so I started meditating. I mean, this is later. Home from the Tamaskal, thinking about it. I came home, actually, and I completely crashed. I went to bed at, like, 8 p.m. and just, like, passed out for 12 hours. Um, we both did. And the, so it was the next day I was really still thinking on this. And I started meditating on the individual herbs and plants in this tea blend I had had. And it was interesting because... There were three, they all corresponded to one of three planetary bodies. And so what I mean by that is in witchcraft, not just witchcraft, but that's my experience, there's a lot of discussion of correspondences. And so everything, like colors, stones, plant matter, elements, everything corresponds to different um, energies which are used usually embodied by, you know, a planetary, like a planetary energy, which you could view as a deity. If you're a pagan, you know, like obviously on the show, I talk a lot about Venus. And so you can kind of like view it however you like. So they all correspond to one of three. So we have the moon, which was ginger, hibiscus, and rooibos, and, and there are more herbs that correspond with the moon. Those are just the only ones that I had imbibed in this tea. Yes, I'm saying imbibed. 
feels so much more like I don't know witchy doesn't it than just like I drank it <laughs> anyway moving on so that was the moon mercury which is the holy basil and lemongrass those are both herbs of mercury and peppermint which is venus and i was thinking wow like right away i saw the connection between the moon mercury and venus so the moon is all about our deep emotional needs and sort of like our shadow it's about our unconscious our subconscious and what we need to feel comforted in the wake of that knowledge that goes much deeper than what people see when they look at us. So it also rules our, the moon rules our emotions, um, sort of our hidden nature. Mercury rules um, curiosity and what, yeah, what we're curious about, how we communicate. And of course, we all know about Venus. And to me, this was so indicative of like this rebirth I was going through, which was about like really, I mean, as a little ref as a really as a little like summary, I am really over the past month and a half intensively as a result of some work I'm doing with a mentor, like really, really diving into not just my shadow and my unconscious beliefs, because I've like I've done plenty of that work, but like really going deep and rewriting this rewriting my predispositions so that I can rewrite like the fate of my life sounds heavy yeah it is <laughs> so you know I was still kind of feeling like a couple of these things were I don't want to say holding me back because I don't like using that kind of language it becomes sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy but there were a few things that were still I, I, I was holding on to them that's what it was. I was holding on to them. And so to me, these lunar herbs represented this deep dive that I was doing and this repurposing of beliefs, of ideas, of deeply held, um, of deeply held, yeah, beliefs and ideas about like who I was, what I was capable of, what I was going to experience in this life, etc. And repurposing them. Like, in, it's not about, and that's the thing about doing shadow work, it's not about looking at, like, oh, like, pulling something out of the shadow, recognizing you have this, this deep desire that is being manifested in your reality and probably not the way you want it to because it's a shadow desire. It's not, like, your conscious desire. So it often results in, like, some fucked up shit getting manifested. But you, you know, you have to, like, pull that out and and reintegrate it into yourself you it got to the shadow by being banished by you by you being like no like this part of me is not appropriate <laughs> not appropriate and so it like comes up in you know self-sabotage by getting things that you don't like by patterns in your life that are really hard to break because they are benefiting you, they're benefiting your shadow desires. Yeah, so basically, these lunar herbs are really like representative of that for me. And then the mercurial herbs, to me, it was so symbolic because it was like I'm finding new ways to communicate with myself. And I'm a big part of the work I'm doing is rewriting like the words of my thoughts and becoming so much quicker at 
re-navigating my thought patterns. So like when I fall into, like we all have negative messages that are on replay in our heads. <laughs> At least unless you've done like a, like a ton of work around this. I have been working on this kind of stuff, like rewriting my thoughts for eight years and I still have things. It doesn't have to like take this long, but it did for me because I'm stubborn as fuck. <laughs> it's not recommended. There's a faster way. So anyway, I have gotten so fast over the past couple of months at like when the thought pops in my head, rerouting it, like feeling, not, so I'm not, it's not about spiritual bypass. It's about like feeling the thing and rerouting it into what's true. And so to me, that was, that's like a very mercurial endeavor, right? And just like a little quick tip, if you want to do that for yourself, what I suggest is, first of all, to get clear on like the ridiculous negative thoughts that are on replay in your head. Um, back when I started doing this, I made a little notebook. So this was like years ago. I made a little notebook and every time a shitty thought came in my head, I wrote it down. And then every time that shitty thought came back, I would put like a tick mark next to it. And then I'd look at it at the end of the day and be horrified by how many times I thought the same thing. And that made me realize like, wow, my thoughts aren't original. So this isn't to discourage you. This is just like information. And then the next step for me was every time the thought came into my head, instead of marking it down, since I already knew I did it a lot, I would just tell myself, oh, I've already written it down. I don't have to think about that again. Because it kind of tricks your mind into like telling you it's handled. Even if the thought is like, I'm uh, an irresponsible loser who will never amount to anything. <laughs> like, obviously we want to eventually switch that around. But at first it's like, oh, I already thought that, so I already wrote it down. I'm not going to forget that I'm an irresponsible loser who will never amount to anything, right? It's a trick. So it sounds weird, like, just, just go with it. Feel the vibe, go into it. And then once you're starting to get, like, a little distance, you can, you can, you need to, like, identify what is the true thought. Because here's the thing, like, all of those horrible thoughts, none of them are true. And... For me, like I've at this point, I immediately know when I'm feeling a shitty thought like that, it's not true. You know, like I don't have to question. I just know it's not. I can pretty much always come up with like some evidence <laughs> right away because I have lots of friends who are like incredible people doing things that the rest of the world says are impossible. So <laughs> I've got lots of good examples. And so you can like switch it into something that is true. And then every time you think that thought from there on out, you can tell yourself, oh no and the way I say it to myself is oh I'm forgetting I forgot this is true okay and this works really well you can even do it in terms of like expecting something so okay right now like I have a earnings goal for the month and I have like three days left x amount more money totally possible to do it totally doable um but of course there's always that part of me that's like that's impossible. And I do a lot of journaling on this, but for me, you know, like outside of my journaling, I'm not going to get into the details of the journaling, but outside of that is me, is me, every time that thought comes into my mind, I tell myself like, 
oh no, I'm forgetting. Like I, I still have money coming in. Like every time I'm like, ah, pump, like I don't have enough. It's like, oh no, I'm still, I still have money coming in. Because like I'm gonna make my goal. Because obviously I, I do. Because that's my baseline. Like it's not negotiable. And then that happens. But it also like allows me to reduce my stress and take the actual actions I need to take because I'm taking my nervous system back to the nervous system out of the state of panic right so and these are like a lot of these mindset shifts I talk about in the army venus boot camp which if you haven't seen is now a self-guided program the link is in the show notes to this it's just a 14-day program that you can follow a prompt every day or like binge it in a weekend but I talk a lot about these mindset shifts. It's kind of the, the basis, the outline of all of my work. Um, and it's like a great, great introduction to this work of shifting your mindset that, so that you can achieve the Venusian magic of the sacred pleasure of your highest potential, which is like what I talk about on the show <laughs> time after time. And then I also will dive, be diving like super deep into the stuff in the chariot, which is my upcoming four-week program starting in April. And I'm going to talk about that at the end of the episode. So don't worry if you haven't heard about it yet. You will. I got you. Anyway, so yeah, these very mercurial pursuits of like changing the way I communicate with myself. And then as a result, the communication I have with the universe. And it was interesting too because I was communicating with these plants and it was like, making me recognize that this is all part of the same energy source and yeah and then of course venus it was like oh there was one venusian herb in this blend and it was almost like it was a nod to like and of course venus always has your back so i just loved that i, I really loved that and so these are the ideas on my mind coming out of the tamaskal thinking about plant medicine thinking about the roles of these specific herbs and how they're blended which like the I don't I don't know well yeah how they're blended whether or not that's like intentional by the company or not you know like I do believe that any one who's blending um the person who blends these teas for example I know like does so intuitively and so whether or not they think like this is mercurial and this is lunar which they probably don't, but they like are actually intuitively blending these creations with plants that work together. So, okay, so this is what I was thinking. And I was starting to notice, really notice the shift in the energy around the season, now having been like a few days into Aries season at that point. And then I listened to a podcast um, it was, it's a podcast I absolutely love. I'll link it in the show notes. It's called Wild Soul Tarot by Lindsay Mack. And it's so good because, well, first of all, it's great if you're into tarot. It's like really good to nerd out on. Um, she has amazing, Lindsay Mack is a renowned tarot, like contemporary tarot reader. And she really has amazing insights into the cards. But even if you're not into reading tarot, she has such great insights into, you know, the astrological energy and also just like into life, like using it's basically what I do with my tarot transformation sessions is like using the the symbols of the tarot as a tool for self-reflection, you know, and 
So it's really a cool podcast. Anyway, so she, her most recent, at least at the time of this recording, her most recent episode was about um, Aries season and like the energetic shifts. And one thing she talked about, the way she epitomized Aries season, I got chills when she said this. She said, basically, you're going from the deepest oceans of Pisces season into the most raging fires of airy season and that's like a really big energy shift and I thought about it and actually if you look at the rest of the astrological calendar it never really you never really um get like that dramatic of a shift at once and it makes sense because if you live in a in a area that has four seasons it well actually if you're in the northern hemisphere and or is it the yeah the northern hemisphere <laughs> Oh my god for a second i was like wait is it the eastern western i'm so confused what the hemisphere is northern hemisphere and in an area that has four seasons because like i live in the northern hemisphere in mexico but i we don't really get like four seasons so anyway if you're in the northern hemisphere we're entering spring and um that like think about spring so we have we're going from winter where if you if you live you know in the northern hemisphere you probably you might live in an area that has snow where like it does not look like spring yet. <laughs> I mean I'm from Baltimore which is not that far north and still like it's not spring yet. I mean at least usually this time of year it's not. I haven't checked the forecast so who knows. You'll get like these random days like a couple days that are really warm and then it goes back to like freezing frigid temperatures. So it's not that it's like feels like spring yet but it's starting to well I mean it is starting to feel a little bit like spring maybe it's just wishful thinking in the beginning but you do start to see like some little flowers coming in but it's like it's gonna be a while before the full world explodes into color and just like all the spring stuff you know but it's a big shift it's a big change from winter to spring it's a bigger shift. It's a more intense, chaotic shift. That's how it feels to me than it does to go from spring to summer or summer to fall or fall to winter. Those are more like natural, organic shifts. Winter to spring is just like, ah, here we are, you know? And that's so air. I almost said Aryan. Wrong word. <laughs> Definitely not the word I intended. It's a very Aries energy. <laughs> but that makes me wonder, like, what? Okay, so like Piscean is you describes something that has the nature of Pisces. What would you say for Aries? I don't know. I might have to look that up. Because I don't think it's Aryan. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. So in the podcast, she really, really tapped into this understanding or this feeling of, <coughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, of a newborn coming into this earth and you know it's funny because she talks about how you know the when a baby is born it's leaving its first home forever you know never like you can't ever return to the womb and that's why my experience in the Temescal was very interesting and thought-provoking for me because you know 
I immediately had that feeling. It was like I was returning to the womb. And then she, you know, later I, I attracted this message from her of, you know, how, how you never are, you're not able to return to the womb. And, and the thing is, in order, she said, in order for a baby to grow, to evolve, to expand, it has to leave its original home. Like, there's no choice. You don't get an option of staying. <laughs> and that's, like, kind of traumatic in a certain way. And, like, the beginning of spring, it is sort of traumatic, you know? I mean, like, maybe there's crazy snow on the ground still, but the animals that hibernate are, like, starting to wake up. And, you know, the flowers are, like, starting to try to, to come out of the frozen ground. Which, I mean, think about a seed. How difficult must it be on an energetic level to come, to, to start, to be in this hard shell and to make the choice. I mean, I don't, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm talking about an energetic concept here. I don't know if like a flower thinks, although some people would say they do. Um, that's not my point here though. How energetically difficult must it be to start in a hard shell and to make the choice to burst out not just of the shell but of the hard surface that keeps you underground and like yes i'm talking literally about seeds and this is a metaphor for humans <laughs> you know i mean that's like that's our evolution right there that's our growth as individuals in our lifetimes you know making the choice that it's going to be different that you're going to embody a new a new plane of existence and breaking through and like oh my god I have so much to say on that but I'm gonna save it for now so and then she talked about and she related this astrological energy to the tarot and she said that so Aries is ruled by Mars and Mars rules the Emperor and the Tower and I know whoo the Tower is one of my cards I actually have an episode all about my tower year that's, I don't know which number it is, which number episode it is, but go back and I think it's called from, from like Pluto to Venus, I think is the name of the episode, surviving with grace when your life burns to the ground or something like really low key like that. <laughs> it's my longest episode ever, so you can find it that way too. All about the tower and the tarot and my experiences with the tower in my own life and my advice for you if you are experiencing a tower moment. So it's a must listen. Um, anyway, so she talked about how Aries season is kind of like a mini tower season and how everything that's not, you know, the whole, the energy of the tower, and this is her way of putting it, but I agree with her completely, is that, you know, it's this embodiment of this idea that everything not meant to come with you has to go away and that often can feel like a an intense clearing sometimes a painful clearing because just like the seasons before spring can truly come all of the 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 death has to be cleared you know like things die to make space for the fresh plant matter to come to the surface and it was wild because I, I went back to thinking about the nervous system and how 
you know, I recognize like in this time how it's so important not to not to negate the things that really, really, really allow our nervous systems to prepare us for the impending change. So yes, like you can receive support from herbs and things like that, like I've talked about in this episode, but also, you know, rest, like literally sleep. For me, a big one recently has been like, has been forcing myself to engage in activities that have nothing to do with my personal projects. So that have nothing to do with my business, which is hard because my business is all about um, tarot, mindset, self-development, um, and like coaching. And these are all basically my favorite things, my favorite hobbies. <laughs> like self-development is my biggest hobby, you know. <laughs> so like these are all things I do for fun, not just for work. And so for me, it's really, really, really difficult and important to force myself to do things every so often that don't relate to any of those things. Because, you know, that's sort of like, not a, not a downside, but a shadow side of doing something you love for a living. And I've, I've done things I love for a living as many times, which I'm very grateful for. Um... But a lot of people choose to keep their the things they love doing as just hobbies, not just hobbies. Hobbies are equally important, but they want to keep them as hobbies rather than money-making endeavors because it's so easy to then start to look at your recreational time as something that leads you towards your professional goals, which can be awesome. I mean, really, like 90% of the time, I have no desire for work-life balance, you know? Like, I don't even count how many hours I work just because I, I follow my rhythms I work when I you know when I want to I really get lit up by my work so it's not you know it's not like working 12 hours in an office <laughs> so and again I'm super grateful for that um but anyway I you know you have to like really really take the time to go and do something else maybe watch a movie maybe I mean watch other people's content like like I like to like lay in my bed and watch YouTube you know I can still be inspired by things but like they're usually more like lifestyle YouTubers and stuff like that who I follow and it's just like kind of fun to be submerged in someone else's world um or like a hobby that's completely unrelated something creative so that for me is a real big part of that like nervous system upgrade course physical rest if you are a yogi definitely I mean as always um but especially now <laughs> taking time for adequate shavasana at the end of your practice because that is when you integrate everything you've learned because you might not think you've learned anything in, in that day's practice but you have you've even just released things energetically that are being trapped in parts of your body and my episode with James Cox, we talk about that, which is back, back, back when we talked about the role of movement in spiritual development. Um, and we talk about the, the sort of consequences of not taking that time. And definitely one of them for me is this feeling of just like being so on edge, like not even eating coffee because I'm so anxious. That comes from my nervous system not being provided with adequate care. Um, meditation's fantastic. 
during these times of change. Um, like I said, I practice Kundalini yoga and that is fantastic as well. You can start, I mean, you can find Kundalini yoga kriyas, which are yogic sets, like very specific sets of poses and mudra combinations. These are the chants um, that you can do in like as little as three minutes a day or as long as however long you want and add that into your day. And that actually really, really affects your energetic grid and its ability to like handle everything that's happening. Because even if it's all good things that's happening, that are happening, it can be a lot. It can feel intense. And you know, any of your fears of success might come up and like uh, just there's so many levels. And so it really made me think, you know, how can I take this beginning of Aries season to really, really care for myself in my rebirth and not just my rebirth, but my, um, the, the first, you know, little bit of my like new life in a sense. That might sound dramatic, but like your new life, you know, but it really, it is. I mean, you, to, to grow, you have to leave something behind to make space for what you're bringing in. And that can require, or that can initiate like some grieving. It can be hard. It can feel hard. But it's important. And this is, it's, you know, this is sort of the beginning of the astrological new year. So if you fucked up your first new year, like, you've got another chance. <laughs> oh my god, I, I, I talked to so many people about that at the beginning of the year. How we can start over at any time. And it's funny because, you know, there are actually so many new years from, like, different cultures and things. Depending on, I mean, there's obviously, like, the, you know, first day... January 1st, New Year, there's the Lunar New Year, there's so, I mean, there's holidays all throughout the year that symbolize the New Year for different cultures. And so here's another one. Aries season, like, this is your new January. April is the new January. It's funny because actually that's also reflected in a lot of traditions view spring as the beginning of the year, which makes a lot more sense to me. Like, why would you want to, or why would you expect yourself to like have a bunch of drive to create change in January when it's like either fucking cold, or even if you live someplace that's not so cold, it's just like a slow sluggish energy, like after holidays and just like, I don't know. I feel like spring is where it's at as far as starting over. So so yeah, so I, I hope you followed me and I hope that you, it's funny because like I said, this is how I live my life, seeing all these connections. And honestly, maybe some people think I'm crazy and I overthink things, but <laughs> I, this allows my life, me to live a life that's total magic. You know, I see these connections and as a result, my life speaks to me in, you know, its own language through these symbols that I've, you know, the symbolic language I have, I have created with, you know, the universe, with my guiding spirits, with myself, my higher self, like with everything. And so my closing thoughts for you are to, you know, you can, you can meditate on this, or you can journal on this or whatever. I want you to think about what you're leaving behind, what you're maybe struggling to let go of. You can answer these questions together or separately what you're struggling to let go of, what your life would look like if you were able to let go of it, and how you can 
take steps in that direction. How you can how you can move the needle on what's coming next for you. Because remember, you have to clear in order to bring in something new. And give yourself the extra care you need because that is, it's a stressful proposition. And even if you don't feel it in your, in your mind and your heart as stress, your body feels it. And that's why it's so important to incorporate these practices, you know, things like teas here, um, all these different tools to calm your nervous system as you enter the rebirth and as you're brought into a new plane of existence. So thank you so much for listening. I hope this resonated with you. Just a few announcements. Well, first of all, if it resonated with you, please, I would appreciate it so much if you, if you're an iTunes user, you log onto iTunes, leave us a five-star review. The reviews for our iTunes um, feed are what help people find the podcast. So it, you know, it's an algorithm thing, you know, it is what it is, but I want as many people to have access to this information as possible. This is free information. You know, yes, I have paid offerings, but like, this is free. This is always going to be free. And this is such a huge, you know, like an hour every week or more sometimes looks like it's going to be more this week um, is, you know, a platform that I take about an hour every week to just share with you guys and to, to share the lessons I've learned, the things I've worked through so that I can hopefully help you do the same. And so I would love, love, love to see your responses in an iTunes review so that more and more people can find this. And it's amazing because as we're talking about this energy of rebirth, I this just this week sort of secret launched my upcoming four-week program called The Chariot. So in the tarot, it's funny because The Chariot is all about the same energy of, like I said, deciding that the change is happening now of recognizing the momentum of your life and recognizing that things are moving forward whether or not you are driving and deciding, fuck it, like I'm going to drive. I might be scared to death. I might think I can't do this. I might think it's going to take forever and like I'll never get there, but I'm going to take the steps. And here's the thing. Um, my specialty is quantum leaps. <laughs> and my friends can tell me that I'm like constantly annoying them you know, when they're just like trying to complain, <laughs> constantly annoying them with like possibilities of what, what they could do, you know, and encouraging them to like do the thing that they know needs to be done so they can step into the next level of their existence. Because so many of us have that thing. And sure, you might like look at your life and think like, okay, a lot of things I could, I could stand to change. But most of us have the one thing that if we finally did it, took action on it, we could fix a dynamic, we could shift a pattern that has been holding us back. And like, that's something I have done so, 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 so many times in my own life. And not only that, but I've done it fast. I'm talking like huge life changes happening in under a month, many of them overnight. Things like starting, like leaving unfulfilling underpaid jobs and starting businesses, things like drastically increasing my income, Things like um, leaving long-term relationships that weren't working for me, leaving very comfortable existences that weren't working for me, re-imagining re the like total structure of what my life looked like so that it would be more authentic, moving, um, moving cities, moving countries, like 
so, so, so many things. And I encourage you actually, um, if you're listening, to go on into the show notes and click the link I have for the chariot. Even if it's not something you're interested in, I've actually had a bunch of people tell me, they're like, I'm not in a place to invest in the chariot now, but I've been going to the sales page and just reading, reading what you've written there and it's lighting a fire under my ass. And it makes me so happy because I really, in everything I write, even a sales page, I desire for it and I set the intention for it to be a transportive, I don't think that's a word, but I made it up, transportive container where anyone who reads it gets the energy of me that I'm putting into it and is able to take that and use it. And so when people told me that, I'm like, yes, I designed it that way. (laughs) It's like, it's literally gridded to inspire you. So definitely check it out. You can see like just for fun, some of the examples of like the crazy fucking shit I've done. But anyway, it's a four week program through live video modules. You get one each week as well as a ton of other resources that are going to literally take you from where you are now into the the massive, unexpected, unbelievable shift, the thing you've been putting off, the thing you've been afraid to do, the thing. We're going to get it done. We're going to do it together, and I'm going to support you every step along the way. So if you're ready to like get your ass kicked in the best way and emerge in just over a month on the totally other side of everything you desire of entering a new world where you are showing up for yourself on a whole new level I really encourage you to check it out there's gonna be four live video modules there's gonna be live group coaching which is like an insane value there are gonna be meditations that are actually designed each week to do what we're talking about today to actually allow your um to actually upgrade your nervous system so that you, it can allow in these massive changes and massive blessings that are going to result from it. And then there's so, so much more. There are amazing bonuses. Um, everybody gets access to the Army of Venus Boot Camp um, self-guided program as a free bonus for joining the chariot. And one more thing, the first 10 people who pay in full, because there are payment plans as well, so you have no excuse not to join, the first 10 people who pay in four are actually going to all receive a 90-minute tarot transformation. Tra- yeah. What's it called? What's my thing called? Ah, tarot transformation session. <laughs> um, that is going to be a one-on-one session. It's my normal tarot transformation session. And the first 10 people who pay in full are going to get that for free as well. So there are huge bonuses for those who I like to reward people who know what they want, who have decided that like now it's happening. They don't need to be convinced. And they're they're in it to win it. Okay. So anyway, check that out in the show notes. I would love to have you send me your questions. And of course, be sure to check out the promo code for hemp kettle tea in the show notes as well, so that you can order your own holy basil trio tea or any one of their other amazing, amazing blends. You're going to absolutely love them. They're so delicious, so high quality, all organic and really, really, really made with love. So Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing week. I know you will. And until then, um, just like grab the fucking season by the horns, right? Rams. Aries is a ram. Rams have horns. Yeah, cool. (laughs) Just making sure I'm not mixing my metaphors. Grab the season by the horns. Do what has to be done. I know you can do this. I know you're made for this. And if you need help, let's do it together. 
All right. Have a great week. Goodbye.